Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 29 for me and season 25 for Amanda. And this is day 8 of season 97. Question 1 asks, uh, what sports stadium effectively uh, is modeled after the Palazzetto dello Sport built in Rome for the 1960 Olympics? So my first thought on this was the Astrodome. Then I thought, mm-hmm. well, this I feel like the Superdome is the one that's oh. more iconic, larger, uh, and I believe still stands, though it is mostly unused. I, I didn't think that anything was currently uh, you know, a permanent resident of the Superdome, whereas I was under the impression that the Astrodome had been torn down a while back. Ah, okay. Uh, much like the Silver Dome had been right, in, right. Uh, in Detroit. <clears throat> but I I bounced back and forth between the two. I just couldn't figure out. 1965, is that when I, I felt like maybe the Superdome was later, but then I also felt like maybe the Astrodome was earlier. Hmm. And I just couldn't. I, I was absolutely certain it was one of those. Um but just going back to the much larger part of it, like if, if you're going to talk about one of those domes, it's going to, and, and talking about how it's so much larger, you're going to be talking about the Superdome. It's mm. the whole point of it. It's in the name. Sure. So I said Superdome. Yeah, this one I had little to no idea about, um, but I know there are stadiums that are called Coliseums. Um I think there's like the Nassau Coliseum and there's, is there one in California? Like one of the college stadiums is the Coliseum? Yeah. Yeah. USC's okay. is the LA Coliseum. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure which one of those it might be either. Um, I figured, I don't know why I thought this, um, but you know, I don't know how much larger something has to be to be much larger than whatever this Palazzetto place mm. is. So I thought either one of those could plausibly be um, based on this. And like the Colosseum, the original one was in Rome. So I was like, Italy, Rome, eh, this could be, you know, the connection there. So I put down just Colosseum, hoping to be uh, given the, the score in the event that it was either one of the ones that I know about or, or any others, I guess, that might exist. Although perhaps uh, Mr. Integrity would have asked us to specify if that mm. was uh, to be the case. Yep. Um, anyway, I put down Coliseum because I really just didn't know. Fair. Yeah, it was the Astrodome. Ah. So talk myself out of it. Ooh. Question two asks us, uh, what review did George Plimpton co-found in 1953? Indeed, if you're talking about, you know, something that takes the form city name review, Paris review is the thing that comes right to mind. Mm. Um, And I think I have probably read about, like, you know, we've talked about how I read The New Yorker. You can hardly avoid knowing about the activities of George Plimpton (laughs) if you read The New Yorker. It'll get mentioned, you know, at some point or other. And... So, yeah, I'm just, I probably run across this piece of information a number of times um, that there's a thing out there called the Paris Review. You know, George Plimpton is associated with it. So I'll put down Paris. 
I do not have that reflexive association. Mm. Uh, so, and I just wouldn't even have thought that it was a non-American city. Oh. Uh, so I just kind of had to think, well, what are reviews? And my first thought was the Harvard Review. Huh. I thought, well, that's probably like associated with Harvard. And I thought, well, wasn't Plimpton associated with Harvard? Maybe it was Yale. So was it the Yale Review? Mm. Well, neither of those is named after a city, obviously. But I can, <laughs> at the same time, I could definitely see Plimpton doing that thing where you name you name check the city so people so it doesn't seem quite so obvious that you're talking about harvard or yale or whatever you oh. say oh i went to school in cambridge or mm -hmm. in my days back back in my days in new haven and of course everybody <laughs> knows what you're talking about but they can't get mad at you for, for not for say for name dropping harvard even though clearly when you say oh back in cambridge so i thought okay <laughs> might be the harvard review uh, or it might have been the Cambridge Review, ah. uh, at least for, as far as the city goes. Or it may have actually been the Harvard Review, and just the, by asking for the city, Thorson is trying to throw us off a little bit. Oh, or trying okay. to make it a little less obvious that, you know, you know uh, you're not going to say it was established at what school or associated with what school. So sure. I kind of had to uh flip a coin between cambridge and new haven because i figured it would be one of those mm -hmm. one of those ivies um and i finally just went with cambridge no love for princeton huh I... <laughs> no and, and that is a tremendous theoretical underpinning um but it was paris yeah yeah just didn't didn't know it that happens question three i I am 99,000% certain that you do know. Um, the We are asked to provide either the full title or the subtitle uh, of the 1982 film that featured Mexican actor Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> of course, a reference to William Shatner overacting Khan yes. uh, in Star Trek to The Wrath of Khan. Yes. Uh, and I just kind of had flipped a coin in my head which am i going to go with the title or the subtitle and i guess i'll just go with the subtitle because that's the more direct reference yes i will say the wrath of khan and also because i wasn't entirely certain that it was star trek ii versus star trek num numeral two ah i was pretty sure it was ii but i was more sure that it was the wrath of khan so I went yeah with that. yeah i i had the same thinking exactly uh although i had the Barest, you know, I was pretty sure it was Star Trek 2, but I was like, if my brain is is farting on this one and it's actually 3 or something like that, I'm just not going to give myself the chance to mess that up. Fair. Um, so I just put down The Wrath of Khan because I knew that was the the full subtitle um, to the film. And, and it's definitely, I think, a, a fair way to put it just because... Um, you know, the wrath of, like, there's no other possible reference that that could refer to, really. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I also put down the wrath of Khan. And that was correct. It was Star Trek II, the wrath of Khan. <laughs> yes. Question four asks us for the band whose 1993 biography by Michael Azarad was named Come As You Are. This is Nirvana. Yeah. That is one of their... <laughs> iconic songs mm -hmm. um and uh yeah it, it's uh 
although being the pop music history weirdo that I am, at least for 80s, 90s kind of era music, um, when I first see the phrase, come as you are, I think of uh, the wonderful Peter Wolf uh, hit single off of his solo album. He's the lead singer of the Jake Giles band. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very different uh, tone <laughs> and and uh, emotion to that song than to the Nirvana one. But I was like, I, I you know, I almost immediately was like, no, it's not about Peter Wolf because even <laughs> Learned League is not going to ask me a question <laughs> that is Wolf. that specific to my personal experience <laughs> of pop music. Nobody's going back down that road. Um, and so it didn't take long at all to think of Nirvana as the, like I could, I could hear the, like, well, for after, after brushing away the, the opening <laughs> guitar riff of, of Peter Wolf's Come As You Are, um, then I immediately shifted over to, oh yeah, Come As You Are is that Nirvana song. And so that's what I put down. Uh, I, the only thing I stumbled on, uh, for this was the fact that it was 1993, mm. uh, which was incredibly early. Like they had fairly two major albums at that point. Yeah. Maybe three. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed like a, uh, having an entire ass biography mm-hmm. at that point just seemed kind of odd. So I, I uh, but then I figure, well, you know, you strike while the iron's hot. So sure. I guess you can at least have a kind of, here's how they made it to the mountaintop. Even if you don't know, how much longer they're going to be there or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, in this case, how precipitously they're going to fall off. But, okay, sure, I, I can't talk myself out of this anymore um, than just, so let's go with Nirvana. Yeah, and that was the correct answer. And I I think that's, you know, I can see why that's a uh, definitely a qualm that comes up. I can also see why, you know, just Nirvana broke so incredibly big in about 91 um, and just mm-hmm. kicked open the door for the entire grunge movement, you know, to really break huge and take over so much of pop music at that time. So it kind of makes sense. And, and yeah, that's when you want to kind of um, cash in on, you know, the, the popularity of these people to, mm-hmm. uh, to sell it to all us teeny boppers who were, you know, really into that crazy scene. Uh, question five asks us to identify the river that flows uh, from the Guyana, the Guiana Highlands, and discharges into the Atlantic Ocean not far from Trinidad. I couldn't get a hold on this one just because I my Central American geography is not good. Mm. Um, <laughs> To the point that I couldn't even really decide whether this was Central America or South America. Ah. Uh, I was fairly certain it was going to be Latin America somewhere. But yeah. uh, to me, Guiana is uh, uh, is like very northern South America. Yes. Uh, so a 1,700-mile arc. I also I have this weird thing where I can't really figure out how long, how long long distances are. Like if okay. you ask me what's 300 miles away from Detroit, no idea. Yeah, I, I just, I can't conceive of that. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, well, I think that's probably out of Michigan in any given direction, but well, maybe not north. Yeah. But just, yeah. I, I can't do that overlaid on 
on a map. Like the only thing I can th I can ever think of in that case is I'm pretty sure the U.S. is about 3,000 miles east-west. Okay. I seem to recall yeah, that anchoring right. in my brain at some point during you know, sixth grade geography or the like. <laughs> um, but that doesn't help me because I don't really know, you know is South America half as wide as uh, the U.S.? Is it three quarters as wide as the U.S.? I, is it twice as wide as the U.S.? Entirely possible. I don't know. Um, I believe and, the and a lot of that is, yeah, a lot of that is simply the Mercator projection where, you know, uh, rational people think that Greenland is almost the size of Africa, where yeah. in fact it's nowhere near the size of Africa. No. But anyway, so I don't know what 1,700 miles from the Guiana Highlands, especially in a giant arc, that doesn't help any because, yeah. <laughs> you know, how tight an arc are we talking about? Uh, you know, you could, you have a circle that was 1,700 miles long or uh, of circumference, but that's less than 500 miles uh, wide. Okay. Um, you know, on the other hand, it could be a fairly shallow arc that basically goes for, you know, 12, 1,300 miles. But even that doesn't help me because I don't know what's that far from the Guiana Highlands either. <laughs> so I just kind of have to think like, okay, the rest of it is easterly flow into the Atlantic Ocean, uh, not far from Trinidad. I don't know where Trinidad is. I think it's <laughs> Caribbean. Is it Northern mm -hmm. Caribbean? Is it Southern mm -hmm. Caribbean? What is really the Southern Caribbean? Like, are there islands that are really close to South America? I don't know. I don't know any of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to piece this together from anything, and I realize that I have no relative concept of it. It's oh. like I'm, 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 uh, I'm a first-time visitor to a mall, and I'm being asked, okay, uh, how far is the Old Navy away from the B. Dalton? Uh -huh. like, well, I, I know they both <laughs> exist in this mall. I have no idea where they are. So I had to kind of default to, okay, what's a giant river uh, in Latin America, that area? And I guess it would be the Amazon. Is there a, mm. a I feel like that's not going to be correct because I, I, I think it's like kind of under the horn of South America. The, the Amazon goes into the Atlantic yeah, I think, rather than yeah. kind of the top part, but mm -hmm. I don't know. And like I say, I have no idea where Trinidad is in relation to anything. So mm. for lack of anything better, because I can think of a couple other uh, rivers in South America, but I think they're all in the West. And okay, okay. So I'm just going to go with the Amazon. So... Uh First, I just have to get this aside out of the way. I wish B. Dalton's were still around. Yeah. yeah that's fun. Uh, moving on. The, uh, the approach I took to this question, like first I did have to kind of establish in my head what general area of the world are we talking about? And I had to clarify for myself, like the Guiana Highlands would be like, got to be something in relation to French Guiana, which is in you know, is an overseas territory of France in South America. So I was like, okay, South America, that's where we are. And, you know, similarly, Guyana is kind of in that same part of South America. Um, and so that kind of solidified for me a bit, because those are like Northern South America. So I'm like, we're talking about you know, Trinidad's in the Caribbean. Um, so we're talking about a river that is not the Amazon, because I, you know, I think river in South America, that's the first thing that comes to mind, obviously. Um, and so it, it, this is one I let percolate for a little bit um, as I went about my day. And then it kind of popped to mind like, 
oh, the Orinoco is a river down there. And I think it's a pretty famous and large and long one. So that sounds pretty good. We could go with that. And I won't feel too dumb if it's something, you know, in the next tier down of, of rivers in South America, because that's as deep as my knowledge goes. So um, with all that in mind, I put down Orinoco. Well done, because that was correct. Whew. I probably could have identified the Orinoco as a river. No, I, I definitely yeah. knew that it was a river. I did not realize that it is in Central America. Yeah, I don't know where I Honestly, picked that up. Maybe from yeah. a Jeopardy passing clue. I don't know. Yeah, so. Pretty recently, because it's one yeah. of those geography type things. Like rivers are my nemesis in geography. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm hopeful to get some good points out of that one, because yep. I don't think I would be expected to grab it reasonable it's because rivers are geographically speaking uh kind of dumb because we we, (laughs) in the sense that we keep trying to make to to define rivers Uh and we do it badly because the point of a river is that it's not a thing like Mm. it's kind of the lack of a thing and a thing flowing into it but like the mississippi moves constantly Mm -hmm. because it's Mm -hmm. eroding away yeah. It's its own banks and it's changing where it is. Mm-hmm. And also, well, let's just point out, what's the longest river in North America? It's not the Mississippi, it's the branch of the Missouri that comes along Oh yeah. uh from basically I think like Idaho. Okay. Kind of going uh east southeast and okay. joins up with the Mississippi, but ah. s- since we like since we prefer straight lines, we call the the one that goes basically directly north south the Mississippi, and it's the big river. Yeah. But if you wanted to get the farthest on one continuous course of water in North America, you would be doing it on two different rivers. Uh huh. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, why isn't the you know why isn't it the Missouri mm-hmm. you know down to the yeah down to Louisiana, down to Mexico. Yeah. And the Mississippi is joining it. Yeah. I don't know. And There's also the fact we that... we got to the Mississippi part first, the, yeah. the north-south one first. And so that yeah. was the one that we defined. And, well, we certainly can't go back and change what we called the <laughs> river. That would be dumb. Well, it's that weird thing, too, where uh, rivers that are sort of named for particular, like, headwaters or place names or whatever then sort of like geographically they're untethered to that place name Mm -hmm. by the fact that they cross over in the u.s for example lots of different states yeah you know the mississippi like ends in as the border of mississippi the state but it goes all the way up to minnesota Mm -hmm. so like you know i guess that kind of like how we have a few street names around here that um when you're taking (laughs) ann arbor plymouth road yeah um in one direction, like it's, you know, when you get to Plymouth, it becomes Ann Arbor Road. Mm-hmm. And if you're coming from Ann Arbor, it's Plymouth Road. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. It's, it's about where it's going or yeah. what have you. It's 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 wacky. And also, I feel like it must be pointed out that the Mississippi River does not end in Mississippi at the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, okay. It goes through Louisiana. Right. Well, I thought they were kind of next to it, like sharing that as a border. Am I wrong? They do that? for much of it, but then like the lower boot part, uh-huh. it crosses that. The lower oh, boot part of Louisiana okay. crosses that, I, huh. I believe. I'm pretty sure about that. But there's 
Yeah. I'll take your word for There's it. There's a lot of movement there, too. And, you know, not to mention the fact that Louisiana is disappearing into the ocean because that's what oh, water does. Yeah. True. But, yeah. And so, climate change. Yeah. So, anyway, like I say, rivers are dumb. Uh, <laughs> that's you know? your, that's your another, pull quote from thing, this episode, where is Where does the Amazon end? In the, the Atlantic, does it not? The Amazon ends several miles away from South America. The oh, okay. Amazon is so strong that it retains its integrity as a river for several miles into the Atlantic Ocean. Wow. And in fact, gains water because it's pulling it from <laughs> the ocean part as it, you know, uh, leaves the land. Amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and that that whole rant was just... Uh, was not derived from my education as a hydrological engineer or geographer. It's just, <laughs> and, and I could be totally wrong on all of it. I just want to point out, but yeah, it sounded good though. Yeah, rivers are weird. Anyway, mm -hmm. last question asks us to name one of the U.S. states not Alaska or Hawaii that was admitted to the Union in the twentieth century. So this is my main source of regret on the day, because. One of the ones that came to mind right away for me was New Mexico, but I also kind of didn't want to just settle on that that quickly because it's it's kind of hard for me to picture like the westward expansion of U.S. state states and mm -hmm. you know territory or whatever, um, and hard to kind of put in that chronological order for me. Yep. Because it gets complicated by all the stupid slavery, you mm. know, oh, we have to have equal numbers of slave states and non-slave states and all that, you know, idiocy. Um, mm. And so I did my usual thing of, you know, sort of reciting the states in alphabetical order just to make sure I go through all of them and think about all the possible options. And so I ended up narrowing it down, like thinking of what are kind of like the least populated states, you know, the ones that would be far out West that, you know, kind of the last, kind of the least settled currently, like the fewest people and the sort of most wilderness or open space or whatever. Um, and I was deciding between like Montana and Wyoming. Um, I ended up going with Wyoming because I thought, first of all, I wasn't sure how many states we were talking about here. Mm -hmm. It could be two. It could be five. Like, I, I don't know, you know, how many options I should really be giving myself at that point. Um, and so, you know, I kind of had New Mexico uh, in my mind, um, but I really had thought more like the Mountain West kind of area was where you know, these were like the last ones to be brought in because they were, you know, just kind of getting populated and settled. Um, so I ended up going with Wyoming. Reasonable. Reasonable. Very. Uh, this is one that I just knew. Of course you did. At least I knew two of them. I was dead certain on Arizona and Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, Arizona, Oklahoma, I remember because I just recently read a book about Oklahoma City specifically. Okay. But, you know, gave it in the context of what was then the Oklahoma Territory and the fact that it was uh, not a state for a very long time. Huh. Uh, it was very weird that it actually survived into the 20th century as a territory. It is. Um, Arizona, I knew because 
and here's another weird thing that's just imprinted in my brain, uh, the two major presidential candidates from Arizona, John McCain and Barry Goldwater, Mm -hmm. uh, each of which had controversies while they were running, minor controversies over the fact that uh, some people said that that each of them was ineligible to be president. Uh, McCain, because he was born in the Panama Canal Zone. Oh, right. Uh, Goldwater, because he was born in the Arizona Territory. Oh. Um, and so, you know, there were people who, uh, at the time, not very serious. Uh, it wasn't a serious legal issue, but there were people at the time even who said, well, he wasn't born in one of the United States. Therefore, mm. he is not... Uh, he was not a citizen of the United States by birth and is therefore ineligible. I don't know that it ever really even got to the point of someone making a formal challenge of it. I just remember mm-hmm. that that was a thing when Goldwater ran. Um, and he was not, he was born in 1909, I want to say, something like that. Okay. It was like the first decade or thereabouts, of the, uh, or the first decade of the 20th century mm-hmm. before Arizona was a state, but just barely. Okay. Um, if I had been pressed to go with a third, I probably would have gone with New Mexico just because it's right next to Arizona. Sure. Uh, and I uh, knew that the ones north of that, your Utahs, your Colorados, your Wyomings, mm-hmm. had been more, uh, had been earlier huh. uh, settled. Um, Strange. Yeah. Wyoming, I want to say in 1870s because it was... Uh, the, it was the equality state. It was the first state to give women the right to vote. So, yes. and that was kind of early compared to the later suffrages of uh, of the nineteen of the early nineteen hundreds. See, I thought that was likely to make it a little later. Like mm-hmm. they were sort of more modern people out there. Mm-hmm. If they were, you know, going to give women the right to vote, reasonable. They were more recently kind of coalesced. Yeah. yeah. But so. yeah, I uh, so I finally just said. Uh, Oklahoma, because I was more uh, certain of it than Arizona. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, and those are all the correct answers. Yeah. The Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I read something about how New Mexico was in the 20th century, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't didn't take firmly enough for me to 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 you know make it my first pick. So yeah. missed out on that one. Yeah. Ended up with four on yeah. the day. I got three. Yeah, kind of a weird, weird selection of questions here. Yep. Um, so, I mean, good that I picked one up that I think, you know, people are likely to, uh, you know, give me some points on as far mm-hmm. as Orinoco yeah. goes. Um, but I, my only hope is that, I, like, my American history score isn't super great either. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to lose points on that. On the other hand, it's one of those questions that can be hard to defend because there's only 50 possible answers mm-hmm. and you can eliminate a lot of them mm-hmm. right away. So you're talking about, you know, even in my case, I was picking from like five possible states. Like okay. I would never have guessed Oklahoma in a million years. Yeah. It's right there in the middle of the country. You know, it's, you know, right up against Texas, which was, you know, civil war era sort of statehood so mm-hmm. um I, I would not have picked that out of a lineup um i wish i had thought a little bit about the difficulty of settling desert southwest kind of states 
because that could be why you know they end up coming in later because you need some more technology in yeah, a way to kind better, of make better them infrastructure yeah. yeah infrastructure and stuff yeah um but alas i did not think of that i mean there are certain parts of those great swaths of geography that were you know, fairly consistently occupied yeah oh yeah uh, but That's true but yeah to to have uh, white Americans go out there and settle it. Yeah, would you know definitely would have required more effort than California or Washington or somewhere that had uh, higher abundances of fresh water and the like. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could apply some of that logic to a place like Wyoming or Idaho or mm-hmm. Montana or whatever, but um, but it's a different kind of ruggedness that's yep. people are probably kind of more used to pioneering through, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see. Indeed. Well, that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat.